0: Well, good morning, everyone. For those that are here and those that are online, it's nice to have you here. You can say hello. hello. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're out there. It's so dark, you know? Yeah, it's nice. Well, I have the privilege of wrapping up our series on great music and how it speaks to our hearts. And mine is In the Garden. A great hymn. sang it. Funerals and weddings and all sorts of different things. It's uh, one of those that was written by Austin Miles, a native of New Jersey, who said nothing good came out of New Jersey. <laughs> he, was career, he was a career pharmacist who decided he'd go into the hymn writing business, and he worked for the company that published hymns as well. He, called, he recalled the inspiration for In the Garden. It came on March in 1912. I don't think any of you are alive then. Anyway, well, he was reading John 20, verses 1 through 18, and we will read that in a little bit. The story of the meeting between Jesus and Mary Magdalene, soon after his resurrection... Miles said as he read this story, he felt as if he became part of the scene as Mary knelt before Jesus and addressed him as Rabboni. My hands were resting in the Bible while I started at the light of blue walls. As the light faded, I seemed to be standing at the entrance of the garden, he says, looking down the gentle winding path. Shaded by olive branches. In his vision, he watched the arrival of Mary as she came to the tomb. As she prepared there, the appearance of Jesus, I awakened in full light, gripping the Bible with my muscles, tense and nerves, and vibrating under the inspiration of this vision. I wrote as quickly as the words would come and form as a poem, exactly as they appeared. He would later describe his understanding of the hymn. This is not an experience limited to a happening almost 2,000 years ago. It is a daily companionship of the Lord that makes the Christian life. Let's read God's Word together, if you would. Um, In John chapter twenty verses eleven following. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept she stooped in to look. She saw two white robed angels, one sitting on the head of the head and the other on the foot of the place where they had where the body of Jesus was laying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir... She said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will return him, she cried. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is in the Hebrew for teacher. Do not cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go, find my brothers and tell them i am ascending to my father and your father to my god and your god mary magdalene found the disciples and told them i have seen the lord then she gave him then she gave them his message as i was preparing for this message we found this wonderful clip. It's a modern version of Mary Magdalene, but I would love you to watch this.
1: I have been the object of disbelief my whole life. It greeted me as a child, this disbelief. And it helped itself to me, to my heart, Marking me so deeply that, well, you don't know the level of repulsion people feel for you until you spend a good portion of your life not being looked in the eye. That was my life up until the moment Jesus found me. And what an unbelievable state he found me in. So, We packed, we cleaned, and we gathered for three years, though it felt like only days. And then the time came. Well, until his days were accomplished and he did what he came to do. If you've walked a life anything like me, you know what I mean when I say that sometimes people try to put onto you what Jesus removed. He was only gone from us, what a couple of days the first time it happened. That mighty, miraculous morning, I went to the tomb, and he was very not dead. He called me by my name, and he gave me very specific instructions. So I ran to tell the disciples what I had seen, that he was alive, and they didn't believe me. I mean, had they forgotten that we stood shoulder to shoulder all this time? I may not be one of the twelve. We're 11 now, but I followed him just the same. But you know what? Their perception of me is not the image Jesus saw. I was no longer the cracked and crooked house that demons dwelt in, because the moment I realized Jesus believed in me, I believed in him. And eventually, the disciples, they'd come around. Jesus kept appearing to a few, then to hundreds. But even after all that, there would still be some who didn't believe. He warned us about that. But more importantly, there would be other people, many other people who would never see it for themselves, but still believe. So that's why I, why we, keep going until we reach every person who once and for all is done with disbelief.
0: one thing that I began to think about in this passage was that Mary came alone. In verse 11 it just simply said Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept she began to stoop in and look. When we come to Jesus we come alone. I can't come for you. Pastor Ricky can't come for you. Pastor Daniel can't come. Cole, nobody. You have to make the decision on your own. It's an individual thing to come to Jesus. Who was Mary Magdalene? She, she was born in a na- town that she was named after, Mag- Magnoa. You know, Believe it or not, there were a lot of Marys back in that day. Not so many Gilberts. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so they would often use the town that they came from to describe who they are. She so was Mary of Magdala or Mary Magdalene. It was near the shore of Galilee. And just as she is Mary of Magdala... I am Gilbert from Gilbertsville. (laughs) Um, Just to let you know. (laughs) She was born near the time of Christ, believed to be a deeply Jewish family, and as you know, she was known for her past history. She was considered a prostitute by many. Although history may be different than that, In Luke chapter 7 at the house of Simeon, the Jewish leader, the story is told with Mary Magdalene in mind, but it may not have been her, where she comes in, wipes the feet of Jesus with her tears, and then dries them with her hair. A known prostitute enters this home and brazenly washes Jesus' feet, and her tears of repentance And dried with her hair. She was also, her initial contact with Jesus was that she had demons that she was fighting, and Jesus cast those out of her. Mary believed that Jesus was the Messiah, and she became a follower of Christ, as we saw illustrated in this depiction of the video. Mary believed that Jesus was the Messiah. She became a follower of Jesus, most likely a supporter of Jesus as well because her family did have money. She chose to be a follower. And each one of us come alone, and we need to choose to be a follower. After all, she, became, she came from some wealth, and, but she wanted to be the follower of Christ. Just like any person in the loss of a dear friend, she was distraught. Mary, uh, Mary thought it, that someone had taken Jesus' body that day and she assumed it was the gardener. Jesus even asked her why she was crying in verse 15. She had the wrong assumption. Then when Jesus calls her by her name she realizes who it is. It's his voice. She didn't recognize anything else about him, but she recognized his voice. Let me ask this about, can and do you hear the voice of Christ? Does he speak to you? And what is the best way that he does that? Through his word? Are you listening? Do you hear him speak to your voice? His word becomes more important to you as you read it and as, uh, and as he leads you through his word. Do you walk with him and talk with him? Because he will tell you that you are his own. Does he give you the assurance that you are his and he cares for you and that you love him? Do you experience the joy that no one else can explain just as the mere presence of Jesus is in your life. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. How many are in that groove? How many of you feel that way? That he walks with you and talks with you. And you hear a still small voice leading you in paths of righteousness and following his will. The next thing we see about Mary was that she was entrusted with a great responsibility. And that responsibility was to tell others. In verse 17, it said, but go and tell my brothers that I am alive. And it said that Mary was truly a spokesperson for Jesus at that point and for the rest of her life. And, and it was penned by our hemologist today. And he bids me go through the voice of woe, his calling. His voice to me is calling. What is God asking you to do? What is he speaking to you about? We all have responsibilities like Mary of Magdala did, or Mary Magdalene five times in the new testament alone jesus spoke and commanded didn't ask us he commanded these words in matthew 28:19 through 20 it says this that go into all the world and make disciples teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i will be with you always In Mark chapter 16, it just simply says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Luke chapter 24, verse 47, it says this. The repentance, it is is also written that this message would be proclaimed in all authority in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem there is forgiveness of sins. And in John chapter 20, verse 21, it just simply says this. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And so Jesus sends us, and he asks us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, just before he leaves this earth, You would think that what he says is really important, wouldn't you? I know when my dad left, you know, to go on different trips and things, he'd always call me over and say, Now, don't forget, you got to do this, this, and this. Well, that was Jesus. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling about me Everywhere in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth five times it's pretty important then that we do what we need to be doing telling others don't don't you have a relationship like this and he walks with me and he talks with me i love every morning my dad calls me about 6:30 or so Sometimes he oversleeps a little. (laughs) But he calls me and he talks to me. I love that he has that relationship with me. It should be the same with our Heavenly Father. Let him walk with you and talk with you and tell me and reassure me, all of us, that we are his own. What a good close this morning with this hymn that really depicts the life of Mary Magdalene. A transformed life. A life that was changed by Christ. We can all be Mary Magdalene. We can all be the person that surrenders our heart and life to Jesus and be transformed by the renewing of our heart and mind in him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the life of Mary who went on to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. Help us to be that way. Help us to overcome our sorrow and live for you and entrust the responsibility of telling others about Jesus. Bid us go through the voice of woe His voice to me is calling. So allow this voice that you have given to each of us to follow after you. Help us, Father, to live for you. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand together as we sing this great hymn together. Will you do that?